Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. As y'all know, as y'all know, as you ones know, yeah. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Made it back from Texas barely alive. Um, and I, I told those guys down there I wasn't going to say y'all. I said I was going to say Ewan's. And uh, so I was pretty popular there. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> knowing this trip was coming up, last week I talked a little bit about, uh, about how God had spoke to me and, and told me that I need to get better at loving. Uh, and so as I was thinking about this trip, um, I started thinking, man, you know, <coughs> I've, I've met some Texans that were hard to love. Okay? And, and so I, got, I had a little bit of a preconceived notion and a little bit of bias, I, I, I admit. But I'd never been to Texas. So I'm like, you can't be biased if you've never been there, right? So, so I told myself, in, in all honesty and seriousness, I, that I was going to look for the good in everything down there. Because, uh, you know, Jesus said, said only God is, is truly good. But if, if God made us and made everything, then there's good in everything. And so when, when we're looking at situations and people and, and things like that, there's good in there because there's God in there. If you just take the O out, then, then you're in good shape. So, so thinking about going to Texas, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to see the good in everything while I'm down there. And, and so I, you know, I've, I've heard Kevin's stories for years now, but I wasn't really prepared what I saw. And now, I, granted, I only saw a little small part of West Texas. Um, but man, it, you know, I got off the plane and, and I looked out and it's just flat everywhere. And I, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't expect it to be just flat. And then there's brush. I mean, everywhere. There's, it's just brush. That's all there is. There's brush. And pokey brush. I mean, it, everything's got thorns on it and hurts. And uh, so I wasn't really prepared for that. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm I'm really going to try to find some good in this. And it took me a while. Uh, but, you know, I, we got to go out to, to Kevin's family ranch, and, and he, you heard him talk about the big house. And, you know, I got to spend a night there and, and, and really visit with, with uh, Kevin's dad and his uncle. And you could just see the, the love they have for that land and their, their family land and, and the area around there. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't what I'm used to, and maybe it's not what I've grown up with, but, but there's got to be something to it. If people love this land this much, there's got to be something to it. And so I got the opportunity for three days to kind of go tooling around and look, looking around. And, you know, the second day we, we uh, went and looked at a, a ranch that, that, uh, that's for lease and, and might be an opportunity for, for Save the Cowboy to run some cows in Texas. And uh, it was, what, eight, 18 sections out there? It runs two hogs and one goat, you know, on 18 sections. But uh, it, it was actually beautiful because they'd been getting a lot of rain. And, and, and you know, I, I started seeing the beauty in that country. And, and uh, we, we got the opportunity to bait some hog traps. And we were out there baiting hog traps. And, and I'm like, man, I, I wish I could have stayed a couple of days longer just because I wanted to trap some hogs. I mean, I, like I, I, I could maybe get into this hog trap and stuff. I was pretty interested in it. And we, we put the corn in the corn feeders, and, and uh, you know, I kind of thought the land was barren. But if you look around, there's a lot of life out there, a lot of, a lot of stuff living around there. And, and uh, it wasn't hard to see the beauty in that land. And, and so 
finding the good in it wasn't wasn't that hard. <clears throat> so before I left here, I'd had some people say, "You wear that hat to Texas, you're going to get killed." I'm like, I'm not going to change the shape of my hat, right? Well, I'm going to Texas, wearing my hat to Texas, but I was pretty braced up the whole week, and I was actually, to be honest with you, I was kind of working on some comeback lines, you know. Like, some Texan comes up to me, I'm, I'm going to blow him out of the water because I'm going to be witty and smart and funny and kind of mean, maybe. And, uh, and then I thought, you know what, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm, you know, whatever. If, if, if they're going to hate on me, I'm going to love on them. Well, I, I got off the plane kind of braced up and ready. You know what, in three days, I, I got nothing but kindness and respect from those people. Not, not, one, not one negative word about anything about me in Ask Kathy, that got some negatives, okay? Um, but they never, they never said one unkind thing to me while I was there. Not only Kevin's family, but we went to a football game. And football usually brings out kind of the best and worst in people, uh, especially high school football. And, man, it was just, it, I had a blast. It, I mean, it's good folks, really good folks. And, and so <clears throat> it wasn't hard to see the good in people down there. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of good. Um, the, the first night we stayed at, at the big house, you know, we're, we're tired, and Kevin and I had gotten up at 2.30 in the morning to get on the plane, and we're tired, um, and we're ready for bed. And, and Kevin's uncle says, well, you better go check your sheets before you climb into that bed. I'm thinking, did some unsavory character sleep in those sheets last time? I, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. He said, well, they haven't been slept in a while, and you've got to make sure there's no scorpions in there. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I thought he was just joking. He's like, no, for real. You've got to check if there's scorpions in there. So Kevin could see I was a little nervous. Uh, and then they were talking about these centipedes that are a foot long and crawl all over you and pinch you and bite you and your arm gets necrotic and falls off. And <clears throat> I'm not sure if that was true. I think that was just elaboration. But, you know, I'm like, what good could, could there come from to live in this country with scorpions in your stinking bed? <laughs> like, why? why? Why would you do it? But, but it all comes back to, you know, Kevin's going to talk about authentic cowboying and, and and how difficult it is, and you gotta, you gotta do what's right, and you gotta do what, what uh, God tells you. And, and to be able to do that, you gotta be tough. And to live, to sleep with scorpions, you gotta be tough. Okay, I'm, a, I'm assuming. Now, I spent the whole night, was that a scorpion? You know, every, every time something would move or the dog would bark, it's a scorpion. And uh, so I didn't get any sleep that night either. But uh, so, you know, the good part about that harsh uh, country is that it, you gotta, you gotta grow up to be tough, and you gotta grow up to be, to be resilient. And that, those are the same qualities you have to have to be a Christian. Okay. <clears throat> On the second day, we got up and we had breakfast, and, and we, uh, Kevin wanted to show me the the town of Cayanosa, which isn't, isn't really a town; it's a store, right? Yeah. And so, but he, but he had a friend there that he'd known since he was a boy that he wanted to stop and visit. And so we we go down the road, and, and there's this, this little store on the side of the road. And, so we stopped in there, and we pulled in there, and, and there was three state trooper cars parked out front when we got there. And, and so uh, we can, they were questioning a guy, and we, you know, we didn't think anything of it. Walked in, um, found the, the, the fellow that ran it, and he was happy to see Kevin. But I didn't know him, so I didn't know there was something off. But Kevin had said, there's something off with him a little bit today. And so the guy said, come outside with me. I want to talk to you. So we got outside, and, and uh, at, we got there about 9, 9.30. And at 6.30 that morning... Um, this fellow was tending his store. A guy in a big truck, an uh, oil field truck, had pulled, pulled in and parked across the highway. 
and then was going to walk across the highway to get a cup of coffee. And halfway across the highway, a car came out of the fog at 65 miles an hour and took him out, killed him right there. And so we're standing there, and, and we can see the blood on the highway. Um, and, and this guy was kind of shook up because he had to go out on the highway and kind of block the car so they didn't run over the body and, and help clean things up. And uh, so, you know, we're standing there right there. And, and just a few hours earlier, someone lost their life right where we were standing. And so I'm thinking... God, what good comes out of this? I'm looking for something good in everything, in every situation, in, in every person. And you know, What good comes out of this? And, and I didn't get an answer right away. I had, to, I had to pray about it and think about it for a while. But the, the good that comes out of it is <clears throat> we never know when we're going to go, do we? It, we could be walking along and, and a car comes out of the fog and, and we're gone. So we need to be right with our Lord. And the good that comes out of it is we have a, we have a loving Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ whose blood is out there on that road, and he sacrificed himself for us so that we have the opportunity to live forever. And even though we might, we might uh, not be here tomorrow on this earth, we're going to be somewhere better, far better. And, and we're going to have the opportunity to live forever with our Lord where there's no pain, where there's no evil, where there's no hardship. And, and so the good that comes out of that is, is we get to look forward to that. But we have to be right. We have to, we have to do our due diligence here while we're here. There's no time to waste. It's, it's, it's a wake-up call. For me, it was a wake-up call to get going at, at, uh, at improving my faith and, and making dang sure that, that there's no gray area, that, that I know where I'm going when I leave this, this earth. Um, so <clears throat> I guess the, in, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 4, it says, Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for, for we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. So if God made everything, we know, we know there's good in everything. And I think that's, as Christians, Jesus is asking us to, to find the good in all people, in all situations, in all circumstances, because God is there. We know he's there. There's, everybody's, everybody's either has gone through a hard time recently, is going through a hard time, or is going to go through a hard time recently. And uh, down in front, Texan. There's another Texan. Um, we... Uh, we're all in that situation to where we have to decide if we're going to find the good in it or if we're going to dwell on the other side of that. And, and uh, God is in everything, so there's good in everything. And that's a decision we get to make. Kevin's going to talk about, you know, we get to decide. We, get, we, have, to, we have to get the, the, our, our head right, and, and that is one way to do it. So hopefully this week as we go out in our, in our everyday lives, we can try to dwell on the good in, in, that you see in everything. And, and if you start looking, you're going to find God everywhere. And it's just a, just a good reminder for our faith. Um, I've got a little Proverbs that I like. Verse 20, uh, uh, Proverbs 11, verse 27. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today to worship you and only you. God gets all the glory in this life, and, and uh, we know that that there's good in this world because God is good and he's put good in everything. I ask that you help us to find that, dwell on that. We know there's evil, but, but uh, let's dwell on the good. Uh, I ask a special blessing today on Bill and Tona Fisk as Bill goes into surgery tomorrow. And please bless and be with all those that are sick, Renee and Bob and, and any of those that are battling illness, that, that your healing hand would be upon them and, and your protecting hand. And hear our prayers for them, Lord, as we offer them up to you. Pray for Kevin and, and the ministry and 
just thank you for the opportunity to spend some time with Kevin in his his homeland and and uh, gave us an opportunity to get closer together and for me to understand him a little more and and, and I'm thankful for that. I see you be with each and every one of these believers out here that that are that are really trying to do right by you, Lord. That, that you'd be with them and and help them to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. <coughs> Good morning. Welcome to everybody that's here in Kiowa with us. Welcome to those that are uh, logged on on the on the internet, joining us for the first time. Save the Cowboys, a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. Uh, we say it each and every week because it's the truth. We're here to uh, not to look at ourselves better than anybody else, but to to uh, help each other along. And if one of us is, has gone down that road a little further, we we help those that. Uh, to get down the same trail, and we accept the help from from others as we all travel towards the same goal. We may do things differently, but uh, that doesn't mean that we're not working towards the same goal. So uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to uh, Levi and Sandra. Drove all the way from Sterling. Uh, Levi's a pen rider down there at a, a feedlot, and they've been listening on the mobile app, and he said he just turns it on on Sunday mornings and puts it in his pocket and listens. So Welcome to y'all. It's great to have y'all. Uh, I think she got a vest. You better watch her when she goes back home. Those vests make you look real good. So might have to beat some cowboys away. So uh, anyway, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke 6. You know, I, I love... I love going places with authentic people, and there's nobody more authentic than, than Ty. And, uh, you know, he's going down there to a foreign country, going down there to Texas. We got him through customs just fine. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't deny his passport. And, uh, but they only gave him a three-day visa. So we had to get him back, you know, before Sunday. But uh, we went down there, and one of the first things we did was go eat with my, with my mom and my aunt and my cousin. And, well, you know how, if you're from Texas, you know what that's like. You know, everybody gets together and you go eat, right? Well, there's only two places that you eat in Texas. That's, you know, like barbecue or steak and Mexican food. And I had kind of forgot about this, but uh, we, we went to a place called Carambas in, in Midland and um, we sit down and it's really hard to eat Mexican food in Texas for a Montana cowboy that don't eat beans. And I witnessed something for the very first time. I watched him uh, order tacos al pastor with French fries. <laughs> with French fries. But, hey, no, no problem, man. Just get whatever you want. Kind of made me, I had to move to the other end of the table so I didn't gag a little bit watching him eat. That's sacrilegious, but you know, but he's authentic, man. He held tight. And so, you know, we went to, we went to the ranch that night and, uh, I told my, my dad and my uncle, I was like, well, let's, let's run into town and I'll buy y'all dinner. And my uncle's like, oh, no, 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 no. We got food. We got food. I'm like, eh, you don't want to cook. And I mean, really, I didn't want to, you know, do dishes and wait for it to be cooked. Cause I was tired, right? I was tired. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to. So me and dad took Ty around the ranch and we was looking at all this stuff. And we get back and Norman's got everything ready. He had chili with beans with sides of beans. 
No kidding. I'm not kidding you. There's a big old pot of chili with beans and then an own pot of beans. <laughs> and I looked at Ty and I said, dude, there's lunch meat in the refrigerator. He's like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And so there was some cornbread, too, that was like four days old. And so he'd take a little bitty bite of bean and chew real, real fast with his mouth open and shove cornbread in to mask the bean taste. But he never complained. He never complained. I, and I was sitting there going, oh, my gosh. One of these days, I'm going to have to eat a tomato like that. Yeah. I just kept thinking, man, that's his tomatoes. That's his tomatoes, his coconut. But anyway, so, so we made it through everything. Friday night light football game, West Texas style. It wasn't that great of a game because my nephew's team beat my hometown. And so, or where we're from. But anyway, so we get to the airport yesterday. And, you know, walking around with Ty and he's got his flat hat on and I've got my big, beautiful, punchy cowboy hat on. And uh, we're, we're sitting, we, we go to Midland International Airport. And when we got there, I'd never seen so many people in that airport before in my life. And when we got there yesterday to fly home, we were the only people in the airport. Like we walked up, checked our bags. We walked up to the security and there's nobody there. All the guys are like sitting around. So we walked right through. We walked to the gates, and there's not a single person waiting on a flight anywhere. Kind of like the Twilight Zone is a little bit creepy. And so we got down there, so we're talking, and we're talking about ministry, and, and we're talking about, you know, raising the beef and everything that we do with the Long X Ranch and stuff. And so uh, we're going to get a little more organized with the, uh, with the big walk-in freezer. And so uh, I happened to call Gerald on the phone. And so I was talking to him about it. We got some good ideas to get a little more organized and efficient. And man, everybody's excited about it. And, and about that time, some more people started showing up. And so this lady's kind of sitting by me and Ty. And me and Ty aren't being loud and obnoxious or anything. But we're not, you know, you know, we're not whispering either. And, you know, she wasn't trying to eavesdrop or anything. But, you know, you could tell that she could hear what we were saying. So we're sitting there talking and everything. And finally, she looks up. And she looks at Ty, who's sitting just to my left, and she says, I like your, I love your hat. And I was like, what? Ma'am, have you lost your ever-loving mind? We're in West Texas, ma'am. You don't like that hat. She goes, no, I do. I do like that hat. Of course, Ty, man, he just, big old chest come out like this, and he's grinning at me and everything. She goes, it looks like you're from Australia. That chest went, and he didn't know what to say because she was being real nice, and she, you know, she didn't know any better. And he was like, "Well, thanks." <laughs> he didn't know what to say. So anyway, it, it was fun. But you know, being authentic, you know, he, he could have very easily just worn a cap so that nobody'd say anything. But no, he he, he was true to who he was. And, you know, we rib each other a lot, but I'm authentic to where I came from, but that doesn't mean I can't learn something new. He's authentic to the way of life that he was raised with, but that doesn't mean he can't learn something new. And, and, and as God has called us all to be authentic, we met, none of us are the same. Not a single one, 
person in here is the same as somebody else. Everybody's been given different gifts. Everybody's been given different backgrounds, desires, specialties, skills, abilities, all of this stuff. But we, we may not do anything the same, but we're all working towards the same goal. But the, in order to do that, in order to be effective in that, you've got to be who you are. You've got to be authentic. It's important to Christ for us to be authentic, to be the same on the inside as we are on the outside. And he talks about that in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Starting in 43, he says, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from brambles. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And then this is one of my favorite verses. You've heard me talk about it over and over and over. Out of your mouth flows the true nature of your heart. Out of your mouth flows the true nature of your heart. And that scares me to death because, you know, we're easy to, you know, to talk bad about people and, and to, uh, to be negative, to, to, like Ty talked about, to not to find the good and stuff. It's easy. Our brain gets addicted to negativity and bad things and, and all of this stuff. But Jesus says, man, he wants our hearts to be pure and out of our mouths flows the true nature of your heart. Authenticity is when the inside matches the outside. It's extremely important because, listen, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, I believe in God. Well, what we believe doesn't necessarily uh, define who we are. We are what we do. Because if what you believe doesn't match what you do, then, then there's a disconnect there. We've got to be learn to be authentic Christians, that the inside matches the outside, that what we think and what we say are along the same lines, that what we believe in and the faith that produces good things is all lined up. We have to be authentic. Uh, an author named Brene Brown said, authenticity is not something we have or don't have. It's a practice, a conscious choice of how we want to live. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real. The choice to be honest. The choice to let our true selves be seen. Are you authentic? Are you authentic? Is what you say you believe, does it manifest? Does it flow out of your mouth? Does it, does it produce good things in this world or, or, or just negative things? You know, Jesus talked about the fig tree later on, and he curses a fig tree, this big, beautiful fig tree, and he goes over there to get him something to eat, but there's no figs on it. It looks good, but it ain't producing no fruit, and he curses that fig tree, and the fig tree dies. And the disciples are just wigged out about it, and he said, it's not producing any fruit. Man, it may look good, but that doesn't mean that it is good. Are you producing fruit? Are you doing good things? And I'm not saying that we got to go out and, you know, go to Africa on a, on a missionary journey or anything. I'm not saying that we have to do that. I'm not saying that you don't need to do that. I don't know what it is because God has made you just who you are and you need to be authentic enough that the inside matches what's coming out on the outside. So how do we be authentic? How can we be authentic? I've come up with seven ways that I'm going to tell you real quick that will help you on your way to becoming authentic. 
The very first one is you've got to be brave enough to be the real you, not the popular version of you, not who you think everybody else wants you to be, to be the real you. And the real you is who God made you to be. We've got to be brave enough to be who God made us to be. But I'm going to warn you, when you become who God wants you to be, and it manifests itself into your everyday life, you're going to have to stand up for God. You're going to have to learn to do the right thing, say the right thing. And I'm not saying about the politically correct thing. And I'm not saying to go pick a fight with people that, that don't follow Jesus Christ. I'm just saying that whenever you become the real you, you're going to stand up. And when you stand up, you stand out. And when you stand out, you make yourself a target. And when you make yourself a target, you know what Jesus said? You'll have enemies. And you know what he said to do with those? Love them. Love your enemies. We talked about that last week, that there's the, that Jesus said, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. And he didn't really mean that somebody's going to smack you around to so just sit there and get beat like a dog. What he meant is there's never a reason not to love. They nailed him to a cross and he forgave them right on the spot and loved them anyway. To be brave enough to be who God made you to be, to be the real you. When you stand up, you stand out. Becoming who you are meant to be is the scariest thing you'll ever do. It's, it's, it's scary to distance yourself, to follow God. And also, it may be the scariest thing you'll ever do, but it's also the only thing that'll bring your life meaning. Because isn't that really what life is all about, man? We get these jobs thinking that we can afford new things and buy bigger and better things, new trucks, new trailers, new horses, you know, bigger, bigger arenas, covered arenas, indoor arenas. Uh, you know, you, the list just goes on and on of us trying to find meaning in our life. But you'll ne if it can be bought with money, it will never bring you meaning. It may bring you temporary happiness, your closet is full of those things that brought you temporary happiness. Only by becoming who God made you to be will you find meaning in your life, to be the real you, the authentic you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared for us long ago. He's, you know, he, he wants us to let that be real and let the inside the outside match the inside of what we claim we believe manifests itself into loving others and loving God to stand up, stand out. Number two, if you want to be authentic, you ain't got to, it's not just enough just to be brave, to be the real you, be brave enough to be the real you, but you got to quit competing with everyone else. Authenticity doesn't compete. It completes. I mean, I, 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 I don't compete with Ty, you know. I, I don't see if I can rope as good as Ty can or ride as good as Ty can or if Ty could, could, could gather cattle out of the brush as good as I can. You never compare yourself to that. Authentic people don't compare themselves to others. They compare themselves to who they were yesterday. I'm not in a competition with any of you. I'm in a competition with me. I want to take a step or two or three or however many I can every single day in that narrow trail following God. Now, I, I, I do want to help as many people, and I, and I, need, and I need people's help. I, I need people's prayers, but I'm never in competition with anybody. Authenticity doesn't compete against somebody else. It completes us. We got to quit worrying about what everyone else is doing and saying and worry about what we're doing and saying. You want to change your life today? Seriously. You've been feeling down in the dumps or, you know, things just... Seems like, you know, if there was a right and wrong that, that you, you, you just get it wrong every single time and, and people are talking smack and, and blah, blah, blah. Quit worrying about what everyone else is saying and doing and just focus on what you say and do and you do the right thing. That's authenticity. 
Proverbs 29, 25 says, It is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Man, you want to get right with God? Get in the zone? Quit worrying about what everybody else says and does. You worry about what you say and you do. My wife on her Worst Preacher's Wife Ever page said, If you concentrate on growing your own green grass, you won't see that if somebody else's grass is greener. You water your garden. You water your grass. You worry about what you say and do. Quit worrying about what everybody else says and does, whether it's good or bad. Number three, number one was you got to be brave enough to be the real you if you want to be authentic. Number two was you got to quit competing with everybody else. You worry about you. Number three, if you want to be authentic, you got to step out of the sissy pen. That's another, that's my word for comfort zone, sissy pen. Everybody, everybody has a, has a sissy pen. You know, I mean, we, we build up this protective wall so that it will be easy and comfortable and everything. You'll never be happy. You'll never be fulfilled inside that sissy pen. It's not going ha- to happen. Authenticity is never learned in the confines of comfort. Authenticity is never learned in the confines of comfort. Comfortable and easy are the baits used to trap you in mediocrity. You know, we, we were down there, and, and as Ty said, he was helping Dad uh, put some corn in some of these feeders to bait these feral hogs in that are just tearing everything up. And Dad decided to do a little test run to throw out some corn. And so he goes over there, and he puts it on a test deal and says, stand back, because, I mean, that corn's not, you know, not like your cream-style corn you got in the Del Monte can, okay? It's just like little pebbles that'll put your eye out. And it goes, and it throws corn out, and there was just like, just a little bit. And Ty's like, that's all? Like, yeah. He's like, I thought it'd be a lot more. I thought you were trying to bait them in. And it doesn't take much to bait them in. Just need a little bit. But see, that's what the devil does with comfort and ease, man. He'll throw you a little bit of ease and a little bit of comfort. And you think, oh, look at that. Run over there in my comfort zone. And then he slams the door, and you're like, hey, this is life right here. Well, it may be easy, but that's why you're circling all the time. Around and around and around and around, looking for a way out because you thought that would make you happy, but it, it hasn't. Comfortable and easy are the baits used to trap you in mediocrity. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're like, man, I, I'm striving for mediocre. That's what I want out of life. Well, <laughs> I guess you're there. The only exit is stepping out in faith to become who God truly wants you to be. You want to step out of mediocrity, you got to step out of your comfort zone and become who God told you to be and quit competing with everyone else. The fourth thing, if you want to be authentic, never give up. Never give up. Authenticity is forged in the fires of righteous suffering. Authenticity is forged in the fires of righteous suffering. You know, Jesus said, man, if you follow me, you're going to suffer like I did. And a lot of people are like, look, man, if you're trying to talk me into Christianity, you're not doing a very good job, okay? But you know, everybody suffers, but authenticity is forged in the fire of righteous suffering. Just because you made a lot of dumb choices and you're suffering doesn't make you a good, suffering doesn't make you a good Christian. Suffering for the gospel, however, when you stand up, when you argue and people attack you and you have enemies and you suffer for it because it's hard when people are talking smack about you. It's hard whenever your friends, you know, w- w- want you to go do the things that you don't do anymore. And then they're making fun of you. Oh, you just want them holy rollers now. No, I just ride for the brand. I can't ride for the brand over there. I got to ride for it right here the way God told me to. That's hard stuff. That's righteous suffering. But never give up. Never give up. You're going to fail. Get up. You're going to fall. 
Keep going. You don't need motivation. You need dedication. I know. I get it, man. Sometimes y'all leave here, you, you watch this, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm motivated. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That works good until the Broncos game. Or that goes good until Monday morning traffic. But you don't need to be motivated. You need to be dedicated. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been working out with a buddy of mine lately. Been going to the gym nearly every day. Every day that I can, man. We meet up there and we work out. And it's crazy because, you know, it, it's kind of like I, I don't need to go on a diet. You know, I, I need the opposite. But, you know, wh what happens is, you know, you go on a diet and you, <laughs> you eat your Caesar salad that night and you're, and you're mad because you didn't lose 30 pounds. Well, it's the opposite with guys in weightlifting. You know, I go in there and I work out one day and I expect to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, after about two weeks of working out, when I go in there and, boy, I look all good. Look like Marky Mark. Look like Mark Wahlberg at the gym. And I go home and look in the mirror and I look like Woody from Toy Story again. <laughs> it's hard to keep up the motivation in that. I don't know what it is with those mirrors, man. The mirrors at the gym, I do, man. I look big and bad. Something happens at home. <laughs> and, and, but you know what? Sometimes you're not motivated to go out there and work towards what you want. Motivation fades. You don't need motivation. You need dedication. You don't need inspiration. Quit waiting on ins. Well, I'll, when I'm inspired, I'll do it. Man, you'll never be inspired. You don't need ins inspiration. You need determination. Never give up. If you want to be authentic, you can't give up. Never, never give up. You may fall down, but get up. You may fail. Get up and keep going again. Never settle. Never quit. Never give up. I didn't say it. God did in Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings. If we don't give up. Think about that. So let's not get tired of doing good of doing the right thing. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You want to be authentic? Can't give up. Number five, we got to practice sincerity. Practice sincerity. Sincerity is the authenticity of intention. Don't just say things to say things. You know, we, we were walking out of a restaurant and somebody said something. And I mean, I, I think I responded or Something like that. And I think what it was is we were going out the door as somebody else was coming in the door and there, and there was this like major uh, battle of, of who was going to hold the door open the longest for the other people. And it was kind of like a stalemate. You know, no, come on through. No, you come on through. No, you come on through. No, you come on through. You know, and we were like, okay, we'll go through, you know. And, and somebody said something to Ty and he goes, you know, people are pretty nice in Texas. And, and, and they are. They, they are, and that, that's not, that doesn't mean I'm not comparing them to anywhere else. I'm just stating a fact. They're nice. But let's not just be nice just for nice sake. Let's be sincere. Let's be kind. Don't just say things to say things. Don't do things just so people will think highly of you, okay? Don't, don't just do something. You know, the Pharisees were good at that. They only wanted to do things, you know, while everybody was watching so that they would look good, not so that they could bring glory to God, so that they would look good. Got to be sincere in what we do. Do good things because it's who you are. Let the outside match the inside. Be authentic. Number six, shine your light. Shine your light. By being who God wants you to be, you put something beautiful into the world that has never been seen before. By being who God made you to be, you become something that the world has never, ever seen. And when we do that, 
we, we can't really see it. It's more of a feeling to those that are around us. It's that light shining out in the darkness. Shine your light. Be your big, beautiful self and be it for God. You know why? Because I love this. God don't make no junk. God don't make no junk. You ain't junk. You may have to clear some stuff out of the way, but God made you. Be your beautiful self, but be the real, authentic version of the self, the version that God wants you to be. He's outlined it in the Bible. You don't have to read any part of that Bible very far when he's going to tell you, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is the way, you know, love your enemies. hate. it's just, it's filled with guidelines. If you're, if you're not sure who he wants you to be, be your big, beautiful self. God don't make no junk, but even this, remember, even gold needs to be polished every now and then. Okay. Even gold needs to be polished. You can be your big, beautiful self because you ain't junk, but even gold and silver need to be polished. So don't rest on your laurels. Every single one of us is right here, wherever that here is for you. And let's move forward. Let's not rest on our laurels. I think that's Italian for like Wrangler pockets or something. I don't really know what a laurel is, but it's something like that. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a blanket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. It's okay if somebody sees the good things you do, but you do it for the God's glory, not our own. That's the difference. That's the difference. Let your light shine. And finally, the last one. And I know, I can't even see y'all watching on Facebook, but I know. Some of these you've been like, ouch. Kind of stepped on my toes there, little Kevin. And then sometimes you're like, this ain't no big deal, man. I'm as authentic as they come. Some of these have been easy. Some of them have been hard. But this last one, I'm pretty certain that everyone, starting with the one that has a mic in his hand, has got a lot of work to do on this one, if you want to be authentic. If you want to be authentic, you got to learn to tell yourself no. you got to learn to tell yourself no. You have an enemy living in your head that wants to keep you away from authenticity. That old devil wants to bait you in to a big old hog trap and slam the door not so he can keep you out of heaven, just so he can keep you ineffective so that he can put a, a, a hat on that light that's supposed to be shining out from you. You got to learn to tell yourself no. You are constantly giving in to yourself. You know you shouldn't get mad, but you do. You're doing things that you know you shouldn't. You're doing things, you're not doing things that you know you should. You're listening to that little voice that keeps trying to take you right back into that comfort zone that you're thinking about yourself, not anybody else. Nearly everything in your life is complicated because you won't be the boss of yourself. Learn to tell yourself no. You know you should put down your phone and spend some more time with the kids. You know you should call that person that you've been thinking of. Pick up the phone and call. You know you should do it. There's a hundred reasons why you don't. You You know you should... Lead a healthier life. Put a little bit of effort into it. You know, you could go back to school, but you've been listening to the excuses and you know you can overcome that addiction. You know you can do it. You just listening to the voice in your head and you ain't being the boss over yourself. You know what to do. You know what you shouldn't do. God has written his laws on our hearts. You know. And when somebody says, well, I just don't know. Uh, I, I think what we do. I think in the end, we really do. We know exactly what we should do and we know exactly what we don't, but we listen to that voice in our head 
that makes excuses and we won't tell him no. We won't tell her no. We give in. Most of your problems could start to be solved. Didn't say that be solved today. Most of your problems could start being solved today, not tomorrow, today, if you would just learn to start telling yourself no. Do what you know you should do. Act the way you know you should act. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be who God made you to be. Shine your light. Don't compete against anybody. If you're, if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, you, you definitely ain't keeping up with God. Tell yourself no. Practice sincerity. Don't just be mouthy, even if it's nice things. If you don't mean it, don't say it. Never, ever, ever give up. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, teach us to be authentic. Teach us through the choices we make every single day. Help us to have priorities that reflect the authenticity that you desire. Jerk away all the good from our lives. Yeah, take everything that is good from our lives and replace it with the greatness that comes from you. Never let us settle for less than you because you didn't settle for anything less than us. And you gave up your son so that we could be with you. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.